0: Hello. This is the Hope on Demand, Anything but Quiet Time podcast. Welcome Michelle to it, Carter. Hello. Uh, and I realized as soon as I, I said hello, it was really loud. And then the word quiet is in the title of our podcast. Yeah. And I feel like we don't give that word no. enough love.
1: Well, it's an out loud version of a quiet time. And with us, it's just a loud version yeah. of a quiet we time. We give a
0: lot of love to no. the word loud in our yeah. in our podcast. Yes, but, we do. But quiet? Yeah.
1: No, not so much. Uh, if you are new, this is where we just go over what we're going through spiritually. Bring up uh, hard questions sometimes as well.
0: Yes. And I, I really want you to feel welcome because sometimes you feel just ashamed of not knowing all the answers sure. and, oh, I should know more. Oh, I should do this more. In fact, we talked with a guy the other day who revealed that he had gone to a Bible college. I said, oh, you're a believer. He said, well, I'm not a very good Christian. I don't go to church every Sunday. Like in his mind, he had a an idea yeah. of yeah. what you had to do, all the boxes you had to check in order to be, quote, good Christian, which... I mean, maybe there was a bit of a translation difference there because his first language was not English, but I, I was encouraging. Him, I was like, if you have said yes to Jesus, if you committed that, look, you're in. Yeah. You're it's good. like
1: what, what we talked about the, this over the last few weeks, you know, what, uh, do you quote have to do to be right with God Right. compared to what do we want to live out, mm-hmm. you know, after we're already right with God, of course, going to church is a part of that, but maybe,
0: but, maybe that was what we, he was referencing. And maybe that was, yeah. I don't know. He was like, but kind of dismissive of what I said about him being a Jesus follower. Was like, oh, no, I'm I'm not good. I don't go every Sunday. And I was mm-hmm. like, but, but you believe it. So, yeah, th- that that's a good step. So <laughs> in the right. Direction. Well,
1: speaking of belief, um, there is a hashtag that you might know about or you might want to know about because I, it really this is um, opened up a couple of things for me. Uh, as I was at church the other day, I thought about how many people are going through this right now. The hashtag is exvangelical or deconstruction and or deconstructing faith. People on different social media platforms that have left the church and there's 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 a it's a spectrum with this either just left the church and they're doing faith on their own Mm -hmm. or they don't believe in God anymore completely because of church hurts.
0: Now, I would encourage you as Carter is speaking, because I have to encourage myself. So I'm speaking to myself right now. Rochelle, when you hear Carter shares some of this hashtag stuff, you know, it triggers you and you get frustrated. And I I think anything that I hear about on social media where it directly opposes what I believe, especially re- regarding faith, mm-hmm. it triggers something in me. And I think that opens up an opportunity if I'm not careful for the enemy to come in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe go totally the opposite of what Jesus would have me do. Jesus was never undone by people's doubt because he knew who he was.
1: And he let even people walk away. Yes. Right? And so with this uh, hashtag that is, um, you know, it's a lot of millennials. It's a lot of Gen Z people. It, of course, it can, it can be anybody. Sure. They felt that their questions weren't answered or they even worked for churches and they just saw how people acted. And I, I'm just going to say, I believe it. Right. I'd totally believe because I've I've just with ministry being around ministry in different capacities. I've seen people not only get rubbed the wrong way. Yeah. I'll talk about this. There was um, this is one of many stories that I'm sure if you've been long enough in the church, uh, stuff like this happens. Our youth minister back in the day was just kind of run off Mm. because people just didn't like his personality enough. Mm. He was I, I felt like he was doing a good job preaching the word of God and doing the things that the Bible would call them to do for this position, uh, people didn't get along. And so they just kind of ran them off, you know,
0: stuff like that. (sighs) We do not take into accountability. When, whenever something goes wrong, we're like, well, I'm human. Why is it that we have an excuse for ourselves Mm. in the moment, but don't recognize the humanity around us? I, we, we're going to make mistakes. People are going to mess up. And when we start kind of giving ourselves at least the, what is that called? A, a little bit of leeway, I guess. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And that, uh, that um, should, instead of triggering frustration, trigger grace. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a good way to say it. Um, so I, I, I think my point with, with all of this is certainly, like I said, at church day, I'm just wondering who, who's struggling with this right now. That's mm. in five years going to say I'm an ex angelical. And so having that grace for people now and just conversation, mm. but for, if you find yourself in this position, I would just, a bold challenge here. Um, or, or you, maybe you know somebody, you can ask them in the, in the way that you know how to. Uh, let's say this church hurt is real, because I believe it certainly can be. I think of it like if you were bullied in high school, and that's real, and the hurt is real, and the mm-hmm. memories, and the you know, you'd never go back to your high school reunion because of it, but you also, let's just say, you also say along with it, and I also don't believe in algebra, or history, or English anymore either. Mm. Well, why? Well, because the people that were involved with that, even the people who taught that, bullied me. They hurt me. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe in any of it. Well, of course, in this scenario, everybody would know that just because you got bullied in high school doesn't mean
0: algebra is not an actual thing. We wish it wasn't. We wish it wasn't, but I'm yes. sorry to all the math people out there. You were just born with a gift that I never was born with. So. Thank, yes. And, and I thank you. We're grateful.
1: I thank you. But, um, but obviously we know that the information is true. And mm. so my challenge would be, and I'll actually, you know, Rochelle and I already talked about this a little bit and I, I just got a, a comment with what we were talking about. Really? Uh, is very fascinating. But, uh, my my um, bold challenge to you would be find the information, find mm. the fact that the eyewitness accounts that 500 people plus people saw Jesus after he was resurrected. The fact of you can ask why are we, how are we here in the first place? The nature the the uh, the fact that it was uh, Jane Goodall that just yeah. got uh, in into a uh, I think she was inducted into some some award or whatever she got. She she believes in God. She said that your each cell. Is It comes with billions of instructions, Mm. and that's not by chance. I mean, just all of these things that you can point to and go, people's mistakes don't change that.
0: That's really true. Uh, Like, people's mistakes. Let's say you have a really terrible experience um, at a a fast food restaurant Uh that actually serves good food, if you can imagine. Uh, I'm thinking of one. Right off the top of my head, I'm thinking, Chick-fil-A, fantastic food. What if you go into a fast food restaurant, though, and at that Chick-fil-A, for whatever reason, they missed the day where customer service was taught.
1: Why are you bringing up an impossibility? I I know. It's (laughs) always my pleasure.
0: But let's pretend. Like, they're having a bad day, and they're projecting onto you, and your experience at that particular Chick-fil-A goes wrong. Yeah. And that was the first time you've ever been there. Well, that's going to flavor the way you feel about Chick-fil-A from that time forward. So I think a lot of us... Uh, we we allow the experience to dictate what the actual thing is. Like, mm-hmm. it, okay, my experience is going to totally um, uh, reflect on how I feel about the circumstance. We can't necessarily separate that because we're human beings yeah. and we do make those connections uh, with memory and senso- sensory and all that kind of stuff. But I think... I would advise, well, then just try a different Chick-fil-A. I'm so sorry that that experience was there, but the food, it doesn't change the fact that the food was good. You had right. a bad experience, which flavored the food a little bit weird. Right. Cause right. It, you know, but I think also from the perspective of if somebody walked into a church and they had that kind of experience, that should also in me, when I read those types of hashtag statements, please Lord, that that trigger grace in me and not frustration because they could have experienced something so painful. Now I have compassion. Right. And now I'm I'm trying to look at it from their perspective and say, well, tell me about your experience. You know, what happened? I think like what you shared with the bullying, giving that scenario, there are so many people out there that need to hear something like that expressed, put in a matter of fact, literal way of saying, hey, you have, you experienced bullying that should not reflect poorly on what was taught at the school, even though the ones who taught it were in the wrong. But trying to separate yourself from fact and emotion sometimes proves very difficult. Right. There are some people that needed to hear that though. With, huh. I never thought of it that way. Well,
1: and you got to think of like, but what's it worth? You know, you can give up in a, on a fast food restaurant because it's it's. Well, I mean, even taste is relative, right? Yeah. And and so you can give up on that, but. If this is true, if there's a creator of the universe and he mm-hmm. loves you this much, that he sent his son to die. We're already destined for hell because we're not right with them. But Jesus is the is the lifeboat. Yeah. Well, it's just something we need. We just need to know.
0: Absolutely. It affects
1: literally everybody in the same way.
0: So there may be people that hearing Carter's uh, incredible scenario. I think it's a, a really great way of describing. Uh, don't give up on truth because somebody who taught it to you was a knucklehead. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think that's great. That's still, they're still going to have a flavored position because of what they experienced. So I, I think if you just hang in there with them, just hang in there with them and maybe don't debate it with them. If you see that it's ruffling feathers and it's not going anywhere, just love them. Well, then you try to love it. them well, because then they'll start listening to it when they realize, yeah. oh, you're not my enemy. You're willing to actually listen to my hurt. And
1: eventually it may just get to a place where all and, you know, obviously we should be doing this in the first place, but all all you can do now is pray. Mm -hmm. You've done the thing where you've established truth. And it's like, I'm that way with a a friend of mine, just with a a different faith, kind of a different issue. But um, it's like we've had the conversation and now I've just left it up in in God's hands. And, you know, certainly prayer needed to be through that. I'm not I'm not saying, you know, is it? Well, you need to do your part and then God will do his. I'm just saying you've been obedient, what God's called you to. And so with what you're saying of just kind of, um, being just listening. Yeah. I, Chris commented on this. I don't know, Chris, uh, but I had posted a video about this and Chris says, but if someone tells me that two plus two is nine Mm. and you find out it's four, then you start questioning everything, man. Yeah, I have been there 30 years. I was in this certain church. Yeah. And so, you know, then you, then you go off of, okay. Yeah. what? What was even taught? Because right. we were talking about church hurt of how you've been treated. Sure. But then what was maybe even taught, whether it's a cult or whether it's just a pastor that was theologically wrong in this thing. Yeah. And and so it's it's that's where it goes to get a copy of the Bible
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and search it on and then search the if you and then if you need it, a, a lot of the Bible is is surface level. Like mm-hmm. you could pick it up and if unless it's in the King James and you're not familiar with that, uh, then you can just read it and get it. But yeah. some of those deeper things. Then I would encourage you for some online resources to understand what the true text, the Hebrew, the Greek was saying so that you'll know what the Bible says. And it's not some, some person, some pastor's false interpretation. Even.
0: And I would, I, oh gosh, I hope this isn't misinterpreted what I'm about to say. I would hold what you learn loosely because the only thing finite is Christ himself. And even Jesus had to come and explain Old Testament law to fulfill the law and help people grasp truly who the person, who his father was. You know, we were still, it was Jesus who constantly called God father. He called him Abba. You don't read that in the old Testament. He was trying to establish this is a being, a deity who loves you. Just wants to lavish you with love. I mean, that's, that was news and it was an intimate type of a thing. And, and, you know Moses had explored intimate knowledge of God. It, there were certain prophets, but I don't know. It feel I, there's so many people around Moses that was untouchable. You know we've we've talked about that in past podcasts where they were like, "You go up the mountain, Moses. We're gonna stay down here." So uh, what we feel that we know, there there's always room to grow on that knowledge. Mm-hmm. So it's even today, I'll like do some studying and I'll find out some stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, that grew my knowledge a little bit more. And then I'll feel established sometimes after I'm done, done and dusted. That's my new saying, done and dusted. You
1: have said that quite a bit lately. I've
0: been watching a lot of British Ah, shows and they say that. I don't know. Anyway, so the point being, there's always room to grow to, to know about my God. And I have to be open to saying, all right, Lord, help me, um, I don't want to get so rigid in my thinking that somebody presents something that they have also learned through Scripture and studying and knowledge and things like that, that I can't also receive and go, oh, and it helps redefine knowledge, if that makes sense. Like, uh, I'm about to share about the book of Job. Something blew my mind the other day, and I'll I'll share about it here in a second. But it totally adjusted my understanding of the book that I had never received before. And I'd read the book before, you know. it's like Here's some new meaning to go along with that. Now, that's not taking away necessarily from what I already understood to be true. It's just, whoa, I'm growing now. And I think that's just, that's just my word. If you're a child and you stay as a child, you are to grow and become a man. As Paul even said, I will one day become a man and put away childish things. There's constant levels to this, this relationship of knowing who God is. And um, sometimes I think that can mess With people, Because, well, I always understood it to mean this. Then somebody came over here and said what you learned over there wasn't exactly.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. And maybe it's because they hadn't gone to learn about it themselves. They hadn't, quote, studied to show themselves approved, as Paul goes on to tell us in the New Testament to always do. And that's what you're sharing, Carter. Get yourself a copy of the Bible. What is your pastor saying? There is false teaching out there. So does it line up with what God says? Well,
1: study and show yourself approved. It's for each one of us, even if we're not going to be a pastor.
0: Absolutely, you know, but just
1: don't take somebody's word for it.
0: Even if we're not going to be a pastor of a church, we're a pastor of our own home, over our own lives. Sure, yeah. You know, God is wherever you. God has placed you somewhere. You will have some sort of influence wherever you go. Some sort of authority given to you, and. So that's something I need to take charge of, take responsibility for, and say I, is what I'm hearing from my pulpit. Even though I love this pastor, he's a nice guy, mm-hmm. nice mm-hmm. lady. If it's a lady pastor, I, I mean, they're great people, great, fantastic. That doesn't mean they're not human. They'll make yeah. mistakes.
1: Yeah, and and then you know what I've come to understand. Hey, if you're in a loving way, need to approach them about an issue mm-hmm. if there's something being preached wrong. And then you you discover that's that's where maybe church hurt can happen. And and then just gauging on what time of church church am I in? Because if it's like a a willingness or even or even a disagreement, but hey, this is what I've learned and blah, blah, blah. But if there's an unwillingness to even hear criticism from a pastor, I think that's when you that's when you're like, okay, do I need to be here? You know,
0: that. I think a, and a really good way to gauge whether or not you're in a good church is that it's not about um, and, and we do this a lot on the anything but quiet time podcast. We'll say, well, I think. And it's because of, you know, we're going through that quiet time process. We're like we're fleshing it out with the Lord. Mm-hmm. This is what I feel like. I think that I'm, I'm hearing this. I'm feeling that I'm going never take what we're saying and go. This is absolute truth mm-hmm. you know make sure you like we yeah. said you're starting to show yourself approved because i certainly am a flawed human being and i make mistakes and i i think um here with there i just said it again i think always go with a church that starts with what god thinks what yeah. does god say in his word in anything else well that's a nice thought but if it doesn't align with what he says right then yeah. that's it's he doesn't care about what you think. He made you. He knows. <laughs> he
1: know. No, that's so, true. Um, well, and and with with part of this, with the deconstruction, with uh, ex evangelical, it certainly has even led me to a conversation with with an atheist, um, which I don't, I don't really recommend online. It's just it's <laughs> annoying because um, you
0: you don't have that face to face. They can't see your face.
1: Yeah, and then it's just like, uh, well, here's here's what uh, a person I respect says, and here's a well, then they say, well, here's a person what I respect says. And, and then it's like, man, I just wish, you know what I would love to do? Maybe you've seen it on like, I'd imagine like John Oliver, you know, like yeah. does a deep dive into things. I would love to travel around and talk to stinking scholars that have looked at these documents yeah. and go, what does it say? Because, you know, <laughs> there's all these um, atheistic things that say, oh, well, this isn't even real and blah, 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 blah. And I guess my point with it is I, I kind of transition to what I've been personally going through uh, a couple of studies in anger um, is is to not for all of us, whether we're still in Christ or not to not let anger go to a place of malice and bitterness mm-hmm. and sink in. Because I mm-hmm. think for an unbeliever, when they won't even hear the evidence, that heart is calloused and hardened and the voice of God is not, they're not letting it get through. Mm-hmm. And then for us that are in Christ, even if we're angry with somebody mm-hmm. that it can be, and if it's constant or if it, or even if it's, Hey, they did something one time and, and then we're just angry at them. Do we look at them differently
0: yeah. than
1: everybody else? So we might you know, we might give the benefit of the doubt to a stranger or to, you know, an acquaintance. But then if somebody let's just even say, you know, Sheila comes in here and say me and Sheila, I really don't get along with Sheila. I'm angry, always angry at Sheila. She did something to hurt
0: really? me. I really. Sheila,
1: yeah, well, you just get to know her and you wait. <laughs> and she comes in you know, let's let's say let's say Deborah comes in first with some cupcakes for a coworker. I'm like that Deborah is so nice. And then Sheila walks in with some more cupcakes or something else. You know, Sheila's just in it for her. Look at her mm. trying to look good. You know, that type of thing yeah. where it's like you have two people that just did the same gesture, and you can't give the benefit of the doubt to the second one. Because of a past hurt, or because you just don't like them.
0: Well, you're kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, and that the experience that you have with that person flavored your opinion. Yeah, yeah, about that's who true. They are.
1: That's very true.
0: And so the action of what they did, which can speak absolutely to the heart of the person. You mm-hmm. know, uh, a man speaks, so is he. I, uh, I have no idea where that is. I know it's in the Bible, <laughs> but yeah, out of his mouth, that's you know what you're going to get on the inside is what's coming out on the outside. Uh-huh. So. Uh, that doesn't mean that you, well, what's going on in the inside of them? That was a bad day that day. And you got the rough edges. That's for sure. Right. Or you got the um, the excess of a, I don't know, the pastor was going through something that week. And the message was not on point, And it flavored the way you felt about what happened after that in that church. Sure. I remember him saying this. Um, yeah, you're right. That can take root in yourself. And then you become guilty of the very thing that you're frustrated about with the other person, you know, the, well, the flaw in them.
1: And that's, that's becomes the, a flaw in you. That's true. That's where malice comes in. So this is mm-hmm. one of these, uh, the, a couple of different studies that I, I looked at and um, Colossians 3, 8 is one of the main verses that was gone over. Now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice. Malice is kind of letting that sit and simmer and spoil in you, mm. uh, slander and filthy language from your lips. And so, obviously, you see that at the end. You don't want to curse somebody out because you're mad at them. You don't want to gossip about them because you're mad at them. That's that's the easiest one to go to, I think. Um, but then, then anger, rage, and malice. And, of course, in another, I can't remember the other verse, it, it says, don't sin in your anger. So, we're going to be angry about things, but where do we let it go? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, uh, I love how the pastor put it on on Sunday at my church. He said, uh, Satan's tools in his arsenal, it comes down to four things generally. Hurt, Mm -hmm. somebody hurt you, injustice, which is like, Especially nowadays, I mean, depending on what we're talking about, it's a great thing to be passionate and even angry about, Yeah, you know, somebody be treated unfairly and I'm going to stand up on their behalf. But then but then how do I do it? Uh, And then fear, things we don't understand or a diagnosis or things about the future that we're worried about. And then obviously the common everyday one frustration, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody cut you off in traffic or or whatever it is. And so one maybe maybe one of these four things, I think frustration hits me more usually than the others. I kind of will gauge my words and 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 slow to speak uh, on some of those other ones generally but frustration can just be like get out of the way you know it just <laughs> could just be just instant you know so like that and yeah. so what are we doing in our anger and i think uh, ulti- i think but god ultimately says it give it to god mm. because when we rehearse our anger it's another one we'll um we'll just run over that conversation or that hopefully the future conversation in our minds where we just tell them off. We finally get to embarrass them or whatever it is. And
0: ultimately when we. I've had a few of those in the car.
1: Oh man. Out loud. Uh, I've done out loud.
0: Oh yeah. Well the
1: jerk store called. They're running out of (laughs) you. Man. Good one. Zinger. (laughs) And it comes down to, we've talked about on this program before that, you could see how every sin could start with pride, and I think I think sinning in your anger mm-hmm. is that way, where it has to be my way. I think I've certainly been guilty of that with you, Rochelle. Of, of it's man, man, the expectation of, of, of talking about this and then doing that and then playing that song. It has to look that way. Yeah. And and then the the when it comes to the the deep hearted thing, the the somebody really hurt us, mm. an affair or, or whatever. I can be hurt and I can be angry, but how am I going to treat them? And what do I hope for their lives? What I need to do is know that God is the judge.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm not even, I don't even think there's a jury situation, you know, with this. Yeah. It's God is just, will deal yes. with all of our stuff at the end of time and we'll all go. That's the thing. We'll all go. That's perfect that you, wow, you did it. You did it just right.
0: Instead of try to hold on to, can I be a part of this punishment council? It really does come down to whether or not you think God is just, I think. Yeah. Because if you really believe that God is just, well, then you have to leave justice with him. In that case, look at what you were sharing with me earlier in conversation, Carter, about it shares in Scripture that the rain. Yeah. And the yeah. sun.
1: This. Thank you for reminding me of that. Uh-huh. We look at that verse. I should have looked that one up. Uh, God provides up. the sun. Yeah, look that up and we'll give you the reference. Uh, God provides the sun and the rain on the just and the unjust. Yeah. And we take that in our, our, uh, our Christian uh, wrap it up in a bow lives and go, yes, God, you give the sun to the just and the rain to the unjust. And in this context, what I've just learned with one of these studies in, in this context, sun and rain are both good things. Yeah. So what he's saying is some people might be terrible people and seemingly, well, even actually be blessed. And some of the, you know, the biggest Christians that you know, the missionaries that you know, might be not as blessed in terms of, you know, worldly possessions or finances or diagnosis or whatever. Yeah. And so you look at that, what is, what is it's the reference Matthew that?
0: Matthew 5. It's in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5. Um, And Ephesians reiterates 6, Ephesians 6. Will so you read even, that verbatim? Uh, Ephesians?
1: Uh, what, no, the first one, Matthew.
0: Uh, yes, I will. I will click on this Bible gateway. Thank you, Bible gateway. it will gateway. take a while because I'm... This uh, awkward
1: pause and transition brought to you by Bible <laughs> gateway. If you're looking for a gateway to the Bible, this is Bible gateway. I'm going to
0: read this out of the contemporary uh, English version. Okay. Then you will be acting like your father in heaven. He makes the sun rise on both good and bad people. Mm, mm-hmm. And he sends mm-hmm. rain for the ones who do right and for the ones who do wrong. Yeah.
1: That's it. Well, then he said it clearly. And so but for some reason, we get it in our heads that, you know, God will punish the unjust and and certainly sin and evil and those who follow that and reject uh, reject Jesus. Yeah, they'll be punished. Mm -hmm. But you look at a daily life where we're at right now and God, God will allow, for example, the blind man that people ask Jesus, why was he blind? Was it because of his sin or his parents sin?
0: No, it was for the glory. So God can get the glory. And people, it must have been kind of confusing for them. There was such, I don't know, I think there was a, intercultural stuff that kind of formed the opinion of, well, they must have done something really bad because, you know, their parents right. must have done something. There's no such thing as generational curse. I don't know where we get this, mm-hmm. but we've like developed it. I've even heard it preached, shared in Christian circles. Um, I should say. and Interesting. It's not a thing.
1: Well, we certainly believe in karma. We,
0: <laughs> I mean, even in Christian yeah.
1: circles, it's like, well, they're evil. They're going to get theirs.
0: There there talks about the generations. And here's, okay, this is where probably it comes from. In the Old Testament, it references generations. If your parents know my law, if they know me, mm-hmm. and if they disobey what I'm saying, um, you know, I'm going to be watching. The next several generations, he said, because I'm going to keep a watchful eye because your parents did wrong. So I know that they're probably not giving anything good to their kids Mm. and their kids probably aren't giving anything good to their kids. So he said over the next few generations here, I'm going to be specifically watching these folk because they've been doing it wrong from the beginning and they've been passing the doing it wrong onto their own kids. It wasn't because, well, they're horrible, so I'm going to put a curse on them yeah. for the next several generations. It wasn't about that. And in fact, in scripture, in the law, it says, don't hold these folk accountable for the parents of their sin. I mean, for the, the sin of their parents. It actually references in in one of the, I think it's the second book of Kings, that particular set of circumstances, there's a king and he's asked, hey, do you want to take it out on those kids because their parents were rough? No, because the law states don't do that. Mm. And they weren't even referencing a, a Hebrew uh, nation they were it was a, a pagan cu- a quote pagan culture and he's like don't take it out on them because it's not it was their their parents and not their kids sin. Well, I, anyway
1: and you kind of look at what w- what is today what is then probably it's more of a i think of a family member the dad was not responsible and i look at the uh the kids and that path is kind of started yes. because just of the example that because was set. Because of the
0: example that was set. And that I believe that's basically what it was referencing. Um, so it, it was misinterpreted. And perhaps that was the influence of other culture, other belief systems, and, and, and idol worship. This is the way they did it. And it got intertwined. And that's why God warned a lot of people. It wasn't because he didn't look at those folk and say, those are my kids too. He created them. Of course he loved them. Mm. That's referenced mm-hmm. all throughout the Old Testament. Even... Um, been reading some of the, pro, the smaller books uh, like Habakkuk and Amos and uh, Micah. And they're referencing in some of the chapters, God will point out the, his love for other nations and saying, I'm taking care of this folk. It's not just about you, Israel, Judah. Mm. Um, he loves them, but he said, don't intermarry because he knew they weren't on board with the one true God. Yeah. And he knew that he was doing something special for a chosen group of people, Abraham, from your line, he knew Jesus was coming. He was going to save folk. And it wasn't, (sighs) they were going to go astray a bunch of times. And he said, you're only going to make it worse if you get mixed up with a crowd that is telling you to go this way when I'm telling you to go that way.
1: Ain't that a possibility nowadays?
0: So I, I think when we intertwine Oh, you think that? And I think that? And then we start putting emphasis emphasis on the wrong syllable, Mm -hmm. which is what happened a lot in the law. You know, Jesus was calling the Pharisees out right and left, saying, guys, it's meant to serve you and not for you to serve it. Do you not understand? He he called them out. It was uh, recently um, highlighted in one of the episodes of The Chosen, which I'm I'm very much a fan of this show, uh, a narrative and um, I, I don't want to say that verbatim you're going to watch exactly what it says in Scripture. It's this incredible representation uh, of what might have been in yeah. the lives of the disi- disciples in following Jesus. But such truth coming out. And it's it's referencing that point where Jesus is called out for doing something good on the Sabbath. And here are these Pharisees that in their minds are literally, they are doing Like if an, uh, if an ox falls in to, no, what was it? I want to make sure I'm saying this right. The scripture that talks about, you are getting onto me about helping this woman um, who has been bent over for 18 years. Her back has been bent over literally, and it's a spiritual thing. It's not even a physical thing. It's become a physical thing, but the root of the problem is a spiritual one. And I am helping a daughter of Abraham. He calls her who she is, which is somebody who is, I have deemed worthy because she is a daughter of Abraham. Who I have an agreement with, God is saying. A covenant relationship with. She should be free. That's who she is. You have a problem with me helping her on a day that has been established by me, by the way. (laughs) Jesus didn't say that, but it's true. The Sabbath is a day that is holy where no work should be done. But it's about recognizing and trusting that God is able to help me on that one day that I can look to him and praise him for the things that I've had all these six other days. And that just because I'm not putting my 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 uh, shoulder to the plow on Sunday that I can trust him for the food on my table. You know, the the rest of the days, Mm -hmm. it's about faith. It's about trust. It's about praise. That's what this is about. You have made it this other thing and don't tell me you're not going to go water the ox on the Sabbath day to make sure he doesn't get dehydrated. Of course you're going to go out and do that. That's what he says to them. Mm -hmm. Of course you're going to go water the oxen, the same oxen by the way that help give you the riches that you need at your table. The six other days of the week, there's an, an alternative motive here by the Pharisees. They're fine with making sure they're feeding what feeds them, for their own good, mm. but they can't let a daughter of Abraham be fixed because it doesn't match up with whatever they've established. I don't know. It it gets weird. See how bu- it gets so confusing. Mm. And Jesus is like, "You made it so hard," and it's super simple.
1: And I, that's where I'd say with that comment earlier, the the guy that said, "You know, I've been in this church so many years and, and feel like I've been taught the wrong thing or has been taught the wrong thing," you know, maybe if you were in a similar situation. Instead of making it so hard, it's just simply reading the Bible. And, and, you know, what I always caution, because I think people can get to a place where they read the Bible and then go, I think for me, yeah. this means, you know, and, yeah. and, 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 and so, but maybe for a stretch it's just reading the bible on your own yeah and then you seek out that commentary you know but but maybe a commentary done by somebody that's a scholar or somebody that for sure knows what they're talking actually about actually has
0: researched hebrew yeah. and so yeah. um i just to quick go into job which i made you look up that song because whenever we read the the bible there's no <sighs> shame in it we I look for- at the book of job and if you didn't grow up in church yeah. you're like i forget that you did oh the this. book of job <laughs> <laughs> get a job Okay, yeah that's I need to do that that's it I don't need you oh, it was I just for like the job oh.
1: I like that nom, 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 <laughs> nom, <laughs> it was nice
0: have you ever looked at that though when you were a little kid and you were learning to read and you're like book a job
1: yeah oh, book yeah. a job
0: get a job so the book of Job uh, interestingly enough speaking of Hebrew there is more ancient Hebrew in the book of jo- Job than any other book in the entire Bible okay so If you think about it, think about uh, a—I don't know. I was going to say Shakespeare. But think of a book that maybe you've read that had so many big words you had to have a dictionary real close by.
1: Does Harry Potter count? Because of the (laughs) just—I didn't understand all the—
0: Stop it! The Dementors, right? Stop it. The
1: Dementors, yeah. You Um, did it! You just said Dementors! I know I (laughs) did. I'll contribute. Stop it! Uh,
0: (laughs) The point being— the book had so many big words in it. You were really grateful that you had an English dictionary to go to, to help you kind of to get through it. Mm-hmm. There's no shame in that. We all had to have a starting point, right? Uh, nobody's born already knowing everything. So, <laughs> uh, But that is the book of Job. For people studying Hebrew, it's been quite an interesting journey because they are still figuring out some of the words. They have no other point of reference for this book. They so many different ancient Hebrew words used in this book more than any other book in the the Bible. Wow. So there are stuff that they're like, I have no point of reference. There's no diction, ancient Hebrew dictionary per se for some of these words.
1: That's interesting, isn't that interesting? Well, and because because Job is such a uh, it's it's a, a pretty well known story. It yes. might not be up there with like Moses or Jonah or something, but mm-hmm. it's a pretty well known story. Of course, then these hard questions. You know, it's he he God's talking to the enemy, and you'll get yeah. into that. Yeah, and uh, it's like, hey, you see my great servant Job, and they're like, I bet we can get him to you know fall, and and so then God allows all these terrible things to happen to Job and then his friends say you you must be doing something bad i mean exactly. kid, job's kids die his wife dies there's the 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 plague the all that and then in the end he with a bunch of things that i'm sure you'll get into he sticks with god even though he has questions for god and then he's blessed twi- yeah. twice over 10 times over whatever I it is i think
0: you just shared everything i was going to say oh no so, you're going
1: to get into the depths of it
0: it's done and dusted
1: oh that's it <laughs> Have a great week. This
0: has been the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. I'm sorry, we're out of time.
1: No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding.
0: You know, what's fascinating, I think in a past podcast, I shared that they believe that Job is one of the oldest books in the Bible. I heard something today that is contrary to that. Okay. That a lot of uh, people who study the Word of God are like, not necessarily. I mean, it's in some ways it's assumed. See, again, we're still learning. And if you hold on to something too tightly, that could be grounds for dismissal. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, if that's not accurate, this is what I was taught all that time, Mm. then it's probably not true. No, no, no. This is where you can't just 100 percent tie, you know, hit your star to anybody's wagon per se. You just have to go, wow, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. So that may not be a super ancient book. Uh, we're still figuring things out. But Job is meant to be read as a narrative. It has, I mean, none of the characters in it are Hebrew characters, but it is written for people in Hebrew culture to, to try to put their finger on just understanding what does this even mean? So we talk about the justice of God. Um, There are three wisdom books in the scriptures, Proverbs being a big one, a wisest guy ever, right? Solomon wrote most of the Proverbs, Um, and Ecclesiastes potentially written by Solomon, which are contrary to each other because Proverbs basically kind of preaches like you do right, moral, right, moral, right. will come back to you. And Ecclesiastes is like, not always, as we just shared from what Jesus said in, um, in Matthew Mm -hmm. Mm five and is reiterated in Ephesians six, that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Um, so wow. You mean you don't have a recipe for me? So that it always is good all no, the time.
1: I think of the 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 verse that you know we hear from uh, with our uh, radio show that we do. We'll hear from parents sometimes, and you know the encouragement there certainly is: raise them up in the way that they should go, and they won't depart from.
0: And they it. won't depart from. Like, it. What about those times where exactly, they
1: do? exactly? And so we know it's a good uh, a, a good recipe mm-hmm. of generally. Um, well, it'd be like this: if you work hard, you'll succeed. Well. That's a really good idea yes. to work hard and you'll probably get a good job in promotions.
0: But I would say it's almost like a, um, gosh, and again, this is going to be an I think, and it's not established anywhere in Scripture. But I think it's like nine times out of ten kind of a philosophy. Sure. You
1: know what I mean? It's wisdom. It's just wisdom. But it's not a guarantee.
0: That's good. So Ecclesiastes points out, hey, this is wisdom. And even though rain is going to fall on the unjust as you continue to walk out, goodness do not let that sway you from walking in goodness because you see Mr Joe over there who's being a, a doofus and why is he getting rain and I'm I should only be getting rain why is he getting rain that's not fair right you know so Ecclesiastes was like uh, pleading to take those moments where you are enjoying goodness and just treasure them value them right job asks in in this third wisdom book, God why why do good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people sometimes so job is this guy who you shared you know he's a good guy and is established by god who says himself in the first chapter you know take note of my guy job who's a righteous man that's high praise yeah from the most high yeah okay so job has done nothing wrong And then this character who, you know, we read the translated word, Satan, Satan is the opposer, I think is what it's translated to be.
1: So that's a Hebrew word that we say.
0: That we say, which references the enemy. Mm -hmm. But it is an, an, it's one who's like, if you looked at heaven as a courtroom, kind of a situation where God is addressing the angelic people in front of him. Lucifer certainly was at one point an angel. Mm Mm-hmm. Perhaps that's another reason why people are like, man, this must be an old book because Lucifer's still in heaven. I, I Look, I don't sure, know. Sure, sure, yeah. But he is, it's from the word Satan, which Satan, and it is the opposer, which just that fits his personality to a T, doesn't it? Mm. And he's like, well, the only reason why Job's a good guy is because you like great things happen to him all the time. Look at, he's got all that land. He's got all that property. He's got great family. But if you take the the stuff that he has away from him, It's not going to say he's not going to be a good guy. So God's like, I'm going to allow you to, I'm going to allow you to take away this stuff. I mean, but don't harm Job. Take away the stuff if you want to, to whatever degree you want to. We'll see if he still doesn't praise me. And so that's what happens. Everything's taken away from him, but Job still praises him. Yeah. Still praises God, even though he's devastated, you know, he loses all of his kids. He loses his property. Everything within like a matter of like moments, like one servant runs up and says, you lost your camels. Another servant comes up and says, you lost your sheep. Another servant says the house just collapsed on all of your family and they're all gone. It's just awful. Yeah. All in the same breath. And he chooses to praise the Lord. Well, now the enemy's like, well, but if I attack his person, okay, but don't kill him. God says, so then uh, now he's physically just at a place of such severe pain you just imagine the worst pain you've ever been in and, and double that, maybe triple that. And now Job's ready to, to throw in a towel. Now he's not necessarily praising the Lord as much. And he has these visits with these, uh, these different debaters. Like these are the people that would be a good, they'd be good on a debate team and they're his friends and they come along and they share their, their wisdom. And they're like, Job, you did something wrong clearly because this is how God works. He is a just God and he works within this boundary of what we understand justice to look like.
1: They have it all figured out.
0: Good things happen to good people. So you have miffed God off and you have just got to repent. And Job's like, I am telling you, I didn't do anything wrong. And all the while he's explaining, I didn't do anything wrong. He really explains, I am ticked off at God. And he dares guys. You need to tell me what is going on because I have never done anything. And you know. I've never done anything. And God in the first chapter has already shared. He hadn't done anything. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, how is this appropriate? And then God does respond. And it's this incredible response. I I just want to ask you, you remember that one day you got so stressed out. I'm asking you listening. You got so stressed out. You didn't handle the day well at all because there was so much going on in your day. I have had so many of those days. So many now, God says, imagine that's just you. Take into account the cosmos and the things that I balance every day. And I'm not troubled by any of it. You know, I'm th- that's the way I kind of look at what he his response to Job is. Because he takes into account all these parts of his creation. And he doesn't really give Job an answer. He just says, I am hanging the cosmos in the balance And I am keeping it from going to the left or to the right where all works out. Yeah. So you weren't there at the beginning of creation. You weren't there. You don't know how all this works, but I see all. And I was, I was blessed by a message the other day, Carter. This is the good picture. So you get a TV signal from a satellite somewhere that gets you your, your binge worthy Netflix, Right. Or let's go with a game. Everybody loves sports. So you're watching the game there on your TV and you've got the receiving image on your screen and you're enjoying it. And the the commentators are keeping you on top of the game. And for the most part, you're experiencing the game. But if you were actually on the field in the stadium, you would know pretty much everything that's going on. You've got all the insight because you're you're there. And I think that's, that's what's happening when in first Corinthians 13, Paul says right now you see through a glass darkly. You only have the TV image of what's happening in the mm-hmm. stadium. Mm-hmm. But one day he says, I will be known in fully. Now I'm going to be there and I will know in full. Yeah, I'm going to be there. We can only know in part why God allows the things to touch our lives the way he allows them to touch our lives. We have to trust that the one who has hung the world set the stars in the sky knows the ins and outs of your life, no matter how painful they've been. And trust me, we saw Jesus weep yeah. in scripture. He loves you. He, he cares. does not. He doesn't take it lightly. He wasn't like, yeah, just mess around with Joe. Cause it's funny.
1: Right. You know, no, it's a serious thing. It's a
0: narrative of, I see you. I love you so much. I'm going to answer you right now and not blight you off the face of the planet for daring to ask me these questions. Sure yeah and then it goes on and this is the part i was talking about earlier that i i think i'm wrong on job ends up being blessed almost double like he he has another family he gets almost double the portion and it's like oh it's because he was faithful it does not say that in the book
1: Mm.
0: it doesn't say why oh because he he did good he got the good back no that's going back to the the morality gauge that for some reason we as human beings feel like it's always got to come back to you. Well, you did something good. So you're going to get something good. That is not what Ecclesiastes points to. That's not what Jesus himself pointed to in Matthew chapter five, right? It rains on the just and the unjust. Yeah. It it happened though, that he did and was blessed. Um. It's one of those things where it's like, if you try to figure it out, I don't know what it's like to be on the field in the stadium now. I can only go from what the commentators are telling me is happening there and from what I see. But I can trust the game is still going on. You know what I mean?
1: Kind of bringing it back to the beginning of this uh, podcast. This is, hey, this is a long one. We were uh, having, uh, we're starting to stop preaching start stepping on toes here. Uh, So, (laughs) I don't know, that's an old preacher phrase.
0: You stepped on toes when you talked about Harry Potter. That's Uh, that's probably
1: true. Um, But no, so bringing back to that, leaving the church because thing or leaving Mm. faith because thing, and then looking at Job. Yeah. And I think of it like a hard diagnosis, Um, whatever you've been diagnosed with, maybe in real life where you can imagine a cancer diagnosis or something like that, that, that uh, question that um, everybody's asked themselves, what would I do if I had one week to live or three months to live or whatever? And when it comes to faith, when it comes to God, when it comes to Jesus, the biggest thing that we can ask ourselves is, is it true? Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the biggest question that you, you'll, if you're wrestling with faith, you've got to ask yourself because uh, is it fair? Do I like it? Do I understand it? When you look at the story of Job, yeah. it doesn't, especially when we put ourselves in that situation, it doesn't make sense. But just like a diagnosis, we can't just look away from and go, I don't really like
0: that." Yeah, is it true? true is it true and do we do we say i believe in the one who <laughs> did not turn away from the cross yeah so jesus said i am the way i am the truth i am the life and here he's asking us to follow him he blew the disciples' minds too because they were expecting in a messiah a warrior to take out the roman empire where jesus was wanted to just take out death that's it. I mean, that's the biggest one. It's not even mm. like, hey, Rome can only kill you. But death, that swallows you whole for eternity. Mm. Jesus wanted to kill death. And so I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm going to swallow up death if you follow me. But if you follow Jesus, what happened? He lived life. And some days were great. And some days were filled with storms. And some days, you know it, it, some days they probably went without. you know they're eating grains of wheat walking through fields. That's what they ate that day. yeah uh, and then there were of course there was the day where he's nailed to a cross as not it's glorious for your sake and for mine because however we we know about truth and it sets us free. But on that day he he was humiliated and mortified. So if I'm following in line with the Son of God who said, you know what I'm not so, I'm not so big that I won't get in your shoes.
1: Mm.
0: I mean, that's truth. So what is true? Do you believe in that? Well, then I also must then say, it must also be well, Lord. Like, like Job said, if it pleases you, um, I can't remember exact worth. Oh gosh, though he slay me yet. Will I praise him is what he says. Mm. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing and profound.
1: We appreciate your time and uh, spending this time with us. And uh, keep in mind, more encouragement at HopeOnDemand.com. And we will will see you next week. Uh, Great questions to ponder and think about for all of us.